Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 9.45 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nyberg. In John chapter 7, verse 37, the Lord makes this glorious statement. He says, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Only the Lord could make this statement. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now the verse says that this was the last day of the feast when he made this statement. This is talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. The children of Israel were required to come to Jerusalem for three different feasts. This was the Feast of Tabernacles that commemorated their time in the wilderness when they dwelled in booths, sometimes called the Feast of Booths. And it was the eighth day, the people were now going home. And on that last day, Jesus stood, the scripture says, no doubt in a prominent place where he could be heard and seen, and he lifted up his voice. He saw these people leaving as empty as they came. And he cried, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. If any man thirst. Now the gospel is not for every man. It's not for everybody. Uh, There are many people who do not believe. And there is, and I say this, I hope with the right attitude, but there is a place called hell. And a lot of people populate that place. It was the Lord Jesus who spoke most of hell. And he said, many take the broad way that leads to destruction. There are a lot of people in hell. But understand this, that doesn't prevent anyone from being saved. If any man, if any man thirst. Now, are you in that group? If any man thirst. The gospel's for any man. If any man thirst. That doesn't shut you out. That doesn't shut me out. If any man thirst, let him come to me. Oh, I could never say that. I couldn't say If you're thirsty, come to me. I can't do anything for you, but he can. He's the only one who can. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now, what is meant by thirsting? If any man thirst, 
You know, the only people who come to Christ are those people with the thirst he is speaking of. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. What is thirst? Thirst is a need to drink. Thirst is a need to drink. You're thirsty. When you're thirsty, you need water. You need to drink. And you realize when you're thirsty that you cannot provide that need. That water cannot come from you. It must come outside of you. It's not something you can produce. And furthermore, you know that if you don't have this water, you're going to die. A need. Did not our Lord say when he described the believer in the Beatitudes, the fourth Beatitude is, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now this thirst is a need for righteousness. You know you must have righteousness to be accepted by God. God's holy, God's righteous, and you must have righteousness. You need righteousness. And you know you can't produce that righteousness in and of yourself. You know it's something that you cannot perform. It must come from outside of you and be given to you. And you know if you do not have it, you're going to die. And that's what it is. You thirst for righteousness. Do you thirst for righteousness? Do you see your need of perfect righteousness before God? You say you can't uh, come up with it. You, you can't work it out. You can't perform it. And you'll die if you don't have it. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Need. The whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And the word sick there literally means evilly sick. The whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 9 verse 11 says, He healed them that had need of healing. If any man thirst, if any man need, let him come to me and drink. The church at Laodicea is the church that the Lord described as being rich and increased with goods and having need of nothing. And what did the Lord say to this church that had need of nothing? He said, you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. This attitude of, I have no need. Oh, it's so offensive to Christ. He says to the church at Laodicea, I will spew you out of my mouth. Need. Need. If any man thirsts, if any man needs. You know the Man after God's own heart, David, described himself this way 
10 different times. I'm poor and I am needy. Poor. I can't provide anything. And yet I have great needs. I'm poor and I'm needy. The first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. He healed them that had need of healings. Now this thing of needing. Objectively, I see the Bible teaches that the only righteousness there is is the righteousness of Christ. I see the Bible teaches that. I need his righteousness. I don't have one. I see that the Bible teaches that God is absolutely sovereign in salvation, that he's the first cause of everything, that his sovereignty means whatever his will is, it's done. I see the Bible teaches that with regard to the character of God. He really is sovereign. I need him to be sovereign, to will my salvation, because if he doesn't, I won't be saved. I see that the Bible teaches that God chose who would be saved before time began. It's called election for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. That's what the Bible teaches. Um, Not only do I see objectively that that's what the Bible teaches, I need God to elect me. I won't be saved if he doesn't choose me. I see that the Bible teaches salvation by grace. I need to be saved by his grace. I see that Christ, the Bible clearly teaches that Christ laid down his life for the sheep. That's what he said. I laid down my life for the sheep. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ died for the elect and accomplished their salvation. I see that so clearly. I need him to die for me because if he doesn't die for me, I will not be saved. I need the precious Jesus for I am full of sin. My soul is dark and guilty. My heart is dead within. I need the cleansing fountain where I can always flee. The blood of Christ, most precious, the sinner's perfect plea. I need Jesus Christ to preserve me. Now, I see from the scripture that uh, the Bible teaches that God's people are kept from falling, kept by the power of God uh, through faith unto salvation. Now to him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. I see the Bible teaches that I need it. I need him to preserve me. I need him to present me before the Father, faultless. Only he can do that and I have a great need for this. I need him to give me faith. I need him to give me repentance. I need thee. That's the, he healed them that had need of healing. And that's what this thing of thirsting is. It is needing. Now, what does the Lord say with regard to this thirsting one? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Let not conscience make you linger, nor fitness fondly dream. The only fitness he requireth is to have a need of him. Are you thirsty? What does he say? 
If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Only the Lord can say that. No son of Adam can say that. And this is given in the form of a command to all who thirst. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now earlier in the preceding chapter, John chapter 6, the Lord made this statement. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now listen, if you come to Christ, he won't turn you down. I don't care what your condition is. If you come to Christ, he has promised he will not cast you out. He said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Now that's talking about being pressed down under the sense of your own sin. Not somebody else's sin. Your own sin. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest from your labors, the rest of his finished work. He said in Revelation 21, 6, I will give to him that is a, a thirst of the water of life freely. You don't need to bring anything to have this. We read in Revelation 22, verse 17, the Lord says, Let him that's a thirst come. Come and welcome to the Lord Jesus Christ if you're thirsty. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, I have no doubt that this is uh, taken from Isaiah chapter 55. Now, let me read this passage of Scripture to you. This is God speaking. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. This is God's word. This is not simply Isaiah. This is God speaking in the first person. And he says, ho, that's an intention getter. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. The only place your thirst can be quenched. The only way your need can be met. Come ye to the waters. Now he further identifies who he's speaking to. He says, he that hath no money. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Who is called upon to come? People who do not have anything. You know, in any other uh, trying to get someone to respond, well, you want somebody that has the money to pay for it, not the Lord. He says, he that hath no money, you that don't, do not have one thing to recommend yourself to God. You don't have one good work to commend you. You don't have one sin that you think you've overcome. You're bankrupt, bankrupt sinners with no money. He says, come ye. He that hath no money, come ye by wine and milk, without money and without price. You don't bring anything to have this. This is the gift of God. 
And then he says in verse 2, Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? You know, you're never going to find any satisfaction in your works. You're not going to find any confidence in anything you've done. It's always going to be, have I done enough? Have I fought enough? Have I, uh, have I been good enough? He says, why do you spend your money on that which doesn't satisfy? You're never going to be satisfied by your works. He says, hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. Listen carefully, God says. Incline your ear and come unto me. It's like the Lord said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Now he says this to everyone who comes to him. You come to me and I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, the same covenant I made with David. Now you can read about this covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 5. The first uh, verse of that chapter said, these be the last words of David. David's dying. David knows he's dying. And he says in verse 5 of 2 Samuel chapter 23, Although my house be not so with God. David's house was a mess. It was a mess. God told him it would be. He said the sword will never depart out of your house. Look at the problems he had with his children. Look at the problems he had in his life from his family. David's house was a mess. And I have no doubt that David also meant, although this house be not so with God. David was very, very aware of the fact that he was a sinner. Not that he used to be a sinner, but even when he was speaking, he was well aware of the fact that he was a sinner. He said, my sin is ever before me. So David makes this statement, although my house be not so with God, yet hath he made with me an everlasting covenant. Ordered in all things and sure. Now, although my house is not so with God, that doesn't take away from the fact that he made an eternal covenant with me. One that was made before I was ever born. And my salvation was guaranteed by Jesus Christ. And everything in this covenant is ordered in all things and it's sure. And David said, this is all my salvation and all my desire. Now, if you're a believer, that covenant that God made with David, he's made with you. And if you come to him, you're going to have these sure mercies of David, this covenant ordered in all things and sure. Oh, I want to end on this, don't you? Incline your ear, come unto me. Here and your soul shall live. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Now, back to our text. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now, what does it mean to come to Christ? 
Now, I've got to ask that question because it's not something you do physically. Um, in many religious institutions, they'll, they'll have what's called an altar call. Come down to the front of the church and receive Christ as your personal Savior. Now, there's nothing in the Bible about that. That's psychological manipulation. Uh, you don't come to Christ by walking down an aisle and shaking a preacher's hand. You don't, you don't come to Christ physically. You come to Christ without moving a muscle. Now, what's that mean? Coming to Christ and believing on Christ is the exact same thing. He said in John chapter 6, verse 35, He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. To come to Christ is to believe on him. You believe he is who he says he is. You believe he is the Son of God, the uncreated creator, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, the God-man, the man Christ Jesus. Fully God, fully man. That's why he's able to save. You see, I can't save you and you can't save me, but he can save both of us because of who he is. He's the God-man. You trust who he is and you trust what he did. You're relying on this, that his righteousness is your righteousness before God. His shed blood is your sin payment. You're looking for nothing else, nothing more than Christ, nothing less than Christ, nothing else. That's what it is to come to Christ. It's to believe on him. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now he says, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. But that's not all he says. He says in verse 38, he that believeth on me. There it is. He that believeth on me. As the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. If you believe on him, you're going to have something in you, him, his spirit, the new nature. And it's going to be waters that continually flow and you'll always have your thirst quenched looking to him. Now, I want to look at another passage of scripture in John chapter four that says pretty much the same thing. But I hope this speaks on a very powerful level to both of us. In John chapter four, we read in verse 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. Now, the reason he had to go through Samaria is one of his elect were there. Let's go on reading. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, tired, hot, Thirsty, bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh, a real man. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. 
And it was about the sixth hour, about noon. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away in the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria, How is it then that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? She was astounded by this. You see, the Jews hated the Samaritans. And they would do anything they could to avoid even walking through their land. They uh, just despised the Samaritans. They were the they uh, didn't think they were true Jews. And they didn't think they had God's favor. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, the free gift with no strings attached, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. If you knew who I am, Thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? She didn't really know what he was talking about. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself, and of his children, his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. And that's true with regard to everything this world has to offer. You drink, you'll thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, if you ever trust Christ, if I ever trust Jesus Christ as my righteousness before God, I won't be looking for anything else. I'll find complete satisfaction in simply being found in Him. I'm not going to look for some other work. I'm not going to think, oh, maybe I don't have enough. No, in Christ, I am complete. Colossians 2.10 says, in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him. If you ever trust Christ, you're not going to be looking for anything else. You're going to look to Him alone and find satisfaction in who He is and what He did as everything needed to save you. You don't need anything else. When the writer to the Hebrews said, be, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Well, if you have Christ, you have all. There's nothing to covet. In Christ... This is not talking about contentment with material things. It's talking about what do you have in Christ? Well, I have God's acceptance. I have perfect righteousness. I have justification. I have a full sin payment. I have the promise of His Spirit, the promise of His presence, His promise that He'll never leave me nor forsake me, that I'm His forever. I'm content with what I have. I'm not looking for anything else. Now, this water, you drink of this water, it's going to be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Rivers of water that continually flow. The work of His Spirit. Oh, if you're thirsty, are you thirsty? He said, if any man thirst, let him 
come to me and drink. May the Lord enable you and I, by his grace, to come to him and drink and have the satisfaction of resting in him. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.